Thanks for listening. This podcast is a ministry of Mariner's Church and everything we do to serve you, our communities, and our global family happens because of your generosity. Your financial support in the month of December is vital as we prepare for the next year of ministry. Everything you give equips us to reach our world with the hope of Jesus and serve those around us in his name. To give now and partner with us, visit marinerschurch.org give or click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your generosity and God bless you. Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Hi, Mariners Online. It is so good to be with you again. It's such an honor. And, um, you know, as, as a pastor, I have spoken to crowds thousands of times. Uh, uh, I've written dozens of books. And as a result, I have learned to care deeply about words because words matter. The, the right word can carry weight and have impact. And when a word is misused, it can lead to, to great confusion like this. Like we buy used Man, 20, like something's wrong there, right? And, and church billboards are also famous for misusing words like, don't let the worries kill you, let the church help. Absolutely. And, and this one is a little more personally painful. Uh, what will we never do? Pray for Doug. Well, how dare you? Words matter, right? I mean, and certain words lend themselves to hyperbole. And hyperbole is just the misuse or exaggeration of a word. Like when we say, I'm starving, that's hyperbole. And I, I'm guessing you've said that before. If so, go ahead and admit it in the chat. And while you may have had hunger pains because you missed your morning acai bowl snack, you, you weren't starving. Like most of us have never experienced real starvation unless you've been on a three-week hunger strike, which means parents... You don't have to sprint to school if little Johnny forgets his lunch. He won't starve, okay? Or a lot of parents say he'll starve to death. And I've done research on death by starvation, and it takes 65 days for the average person to starve to death, which, you know, could save you a lot of money on Lunchables. Uh, the word amazing is another word that is often used and therefore minimized when it's just, it's connected to some common action. Like a parent of a toddler might say, did you see her jump off the diving board? Wasn't that amazing? Well, unless the three-year-old did a triple somersault landing on the back of a dolphin, like stop the parade, okay? It's not that amazing. Or parents say, you know, it's amazing. He got straight A's. It's not amazing. It might be impressive, but not amazing. I, like millions of people get straight A's. I mean, not, none of my kids ever did, but I've I've heard it's been done before. Or it's amazing when a magician like pulls a little scarf like this out out of their pocket and they they just make it make it disappear right in right in thin air like yeah, amazing, right? No, not really. It's a two dollar fake thumb. Merry Christmas. And, and finally. Well, the word that is misused, I think, most often is the word love. And love just has so many layers that it can lose its meaning and power. And so like when I say, hey, I love Swedish fish or I love pickleball, it's a different type of love than when I say, I love my wife, Kathy. Like Swedish fish are great, but they don't, they don't kiss me back. It's a, it's a different type of love. And today we're going to look at some very powerful words in Scripture, which is, which is God's Word, right? 
And just we're going to look at one verse. In one verse, we're going to discover a source for the type of love that is truly amazing. It's a love that the world is spiritually starving for. You see what I did there? You're welcome. And as I've been preparing for this message, I have been praying for, for you that you would be able to adjust your, your head and your heart as we approach Christmas as, as more than shopping and presents and even more than the historical event where we celebrate one time a year, to actually come to understand Christmas is a gift that you get to experience daily. And I use the term daily because the birth of Jesus is not just a story of a baby in a manger. It's a story of God himself stepping into our world and then stepping into our very lives of those of us who have put our faith in Jesus. And the verse that we're looking at is, I think, one of the crown jewels in Paul's letter to the book of Romans. See, in the book of Romans, it's often considered Paul's theological masterpiece because it includes a comprehensive presentation of of the gospel. Like the first few chapters, Paul outlines the, the whole human predicament, like sin and our separation from a perfect and holy God, And then he details God's solution to that separation, which is Jesus dying on the cross in our behalf. And by the time we reach Romans chapter five, Paul kinds of shifts his his emphasis to um, the the benefits or the perks of faith. And the verse that we're gonna be looking at comes on the heels of a very famous verse where Paul declares that suffering produces perseverance. I'm sure you've heard of this. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And that's where we pick up in Romans 5.5. 5. It says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, this verse begins with a a vivid image of what we all want, right? Hope. Like this hope, it doesn't lead to shame. Other translations say it doesn't, it doesn't disappoint. And, and hope, just so you know, it's not, hope is not crossing your fingers and wishing for the best. The hope that Paul is referencing is, is more like certainty. It's a certainty that you know, hey, tomorrow the sun's gonna rise. You don't anxiously cross your fingers and hope like, tomorrow, tomorrow, I hope the sun, you know, that's not it. You have confidence that it's gonna happen. And Paul is saying that our hope in God is that solid because it's backed up by God's love for us. And this assurance of hope, it comes from the extraordinary nature of God's love. And, and this, is, this is not the same type of love that I have for Diet Coke or the Lakers or guacamole. It's even a deeper love than I have for Kathy and my family, which is just kind of mind-blowing to me, that God's love is this, this divine, extravagant, unconditional love that flows from the creator of the universe to you. And it's a love that the scriptures say never runs out. Now, Pastor Eric has done an amazing job the last two weeks reminding us of this love and how it began before us and how it's a love that is proving that God is for us today. This love that God has for you, this verse says it's not just sprinkled into your life based on your behavior, like you get a little love and you get a little love and well, you were naughty this year, so not so much love for you. No, Paul uses a descriptive word to reveal how this love was given to us. He says it is, it's poured out. It's poured out like a bucket of love overflowing into our hearts. And this imagery, I love it. This imagery of pouring, it doesn't communicate 
uh, modesty or restraint. It's not a love measured in drops. It's immeasurable. It's generous. It's overflowing. It's lav. It's a lavish abundance that that saturates every corner of your being, leaving no part of your life untouched by God's crazy love for you. And did you notice in the verse who's doing the pouring? Look at it, the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus promised that when he would leave, that he wouldn't leave us alone, right? He said he'd leave his presence and, and the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, it's majestic and mysterious member of the Trinity. You've got God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus, and God the Spirit. God the Spirit, according to the scripture, is the one that is doing the pouring. And the Holy Spirit, I, I want people to understand this, like the Holy Spirit doesn't make like a one-time guest appearance in you and then leave. It's, it's not like the Holy Spirit is a ghost that flies through you and then returns to God the Father and God the Son and it leaves you thinking like, oh, what, you know, what, what was that? No, look at the rest of the verse. The Holy Spirit who has been given to us, the Holy Spirit has been gifted to you, given to you. Congratulations. Like if you're a believer, you've been given the presence of God's Spirit to live within you. The scripture uses the word dwell within you. So for me, here's where it becomes personal. When I was 14 years old and I knelt beside the, my a waterbed in my bedroom, it was the 70s, everybody had a waterbed. And as I prayed this, as much as I am capable, God, I believe. Boom. The extraordinary God immediately took residency in my ordinary life. And scripture teaches that God enters into what I would call a spiritual love relationship with you that seals that relationship by, by moving in. And this idea of an indwelling spirit, it's in several places in the Bible. You can do your own study if you want. I just want you to see a few times it uses the word dwell. So you get this idea of God within. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, God's spirit dwells in you. 2 Timothy 1.14, Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Ephesians 2.22, you're being built together into a dwelling place of God's spirit. Okay? So if you have put your faith in Jesus, and his sacrificial work on the cross is the payment for your sin. Listen to this. He is in you. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. Okay. That means this Christmas is so much more than just a baby in the manger. Christmas is the celebration of God stepping into our world as the person of Jesus. And, 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 listen. And then stepping into your life with his presence. That's Christmas going full circle. Now, that's, that's worthy of the word amazing. And friends, I, I, I promise you, if you can comprehend this, it, it can change everything in how you live your life. Because of God within us, you're no longer thinking that you're saying prayers to this distant God who's probably too busy to hear you. No, he's within you. You no longer be thinking about your spiritual growth is all about your own efforts. No, the Spirit of God is right there guiding you and cheering you on because He's within you. You're no longer, you know, be fooling yourself that you can hide your sins of greed or lust or selfishness from a God who's, you know, way out there doing miracles for people who are more worthy than you. No, He's within you. He's within you and he's working. The scripture tells us that the spirit of God is 
comforting, he's guiding, and he's empowering you to live out the ways of Jesus. Now, okay, let's pause, deep breath, and this is where you gotta stop and consider. Okay, if I'm actually housing the Spirit of God within me, what should my house look like, <laughs> right? Or, or what should my life look like? In other words, should what's inside of me influence what comes out of me? And let's be honest, we don't think a lot about this because uh, we're a culture that doesn't pay a lot of attention to our, our inner life. Instead, we place a high value on the outer life or one's appearance, right? I'm not telling you something you don't know. And I'm not sure where you're viewing this from, but this is especially true where we live in Southern California. Our church is located just, just about three miles away from a mall called Fashion Island Newport Beach. It's very fancy. Actually, the police escort ugly people out to a neighboring city called Costa Mesa. Uh, and that's unless you have a dog and a stroller, then you're allowed to stay. And I, I live, to be honest, I live about 15 miles away uh, in a community that borders on the Cleveland National Forest. And I think that goes, it connects to Yellowstone. I'm not sure, but my point is, I'm a hick, okay? I, I actually get carded when I'm walking around Newport Beach and, and all the beautiful people, but we love beautiful people, right? That's our world. We see in magazines everywhere you go. You don't see unattractive people on covers of magazines. Why? Because they don't sell magazines. And we even have a hierarchy of hotness. This, you know, this year, Patrick Dempsey was named this year's sexiest man alive. Okay, good for him. He barely squeaked out sexiest pastor alive by our pastor, Eric. Uh, and there is, I mean, if you just stop and pause and think, there's so much cultural pressure on us to look good on the outside. I feel it. I mean, I know culture may define me as a senior citizen, but I work very hard to keep my outside in, in shape. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I say all this to emphasize that what our collective cultural values tend to be measured by is the outside. Yet, what Jesus values is on the inside. What's highlighted in culture isn't highlighted in our scriptures. Instead, Jesus addresses one's inner life, your, your, your heart, the epicenter of who you are, and he paints a picture of a God within life, and it looks very different than the world's rendering. Let me give you a few examples of what this, this God within life looks like and see if it describes you or, or see if you're like me and you actually want your life to look like this, okay? The first is this, that God within life is distinguished by change. I mean, that's one of the primary goals of the indwelling spirit is to change you, like less of you, more of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't arrive with a plate full of cookies and like, I'm here and I'm gonna make you a nicer person. No, the Holy Spirit arrives with, with a wrecking ball to totally transform and renovate your heart, and the theological word for the Holy Spirit's activity in your life is the word sanctification. And, and sanctification just basically means the process of becoming more like Jesus in our thoughts, in our, in our actions, in our character. And the Spirit is, is changing how you see yourself. The Spirit is changing how you see others. The Spirit is changing how you see the world. And when the Holy Spirit starts this work in your life, it's not like change happens all at once. It's actually a process. And this process can be challenging because it involves changing parts of ourselves that we've grown comfortable with. 
but those parts don't reflect the way of God's kingdom. You've seen the Christmas movies that are playing right now where the, the grumpy character ends up having a change of heart. Well, that's kind of a sped up version of what happens in real life when you and I cooperate with the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit who's pouring God's love in us, transforming us to reflect His character. And so I would encourage, if you haven't already, to read Galatians chapter 5 and, and just see what the Bible promises that the Holy Spirit will produce in your life. It's beautiful. And it's ultimately to bring out the best version of ourselves. So a God within life is, one, distinguished by change, and two, a God within life displays faith. Like when the Holy Spirit dwells within us and transformation begins to unfold, faith begins to show up more often and in stronger displays of, of faith. Like, and when I say faith, I'm not just referring to the intellectual belief of the unseen. I'm, I'm actually talking about a faith that's active. Another word I considered using was obedience, okay? That the Holy Spirit doesn't just dwell passively within you, that God within you prompts you to take steps of faith that will align with his word. And one of the benefits of being a part of a, of a church community, even an online community at Mariners, is that Mariners is like the, it's like the Costco of faith opportunities, okay? There's just so many opportunities to choose from that, that will challenge your faith. So if you want to be distinguished by change, you got to start taking steps in the direction of faith. And, and you can start small. Just take small faith steps. Those small steps are still steps of faith, and they get the, the flywheel of change happen in your life. And I would encourage anybody, if we were just sitting knee to knee, eye to eye, I just encourage you to say this to yourself. What's my next step of faith? And I, I've learned something from studying the Bible for decades, and it's this. Jesus responds to faith. Jesus said, you know, your faith has made you well because your faith, it will happen. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. If you read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, it's impossible to please God without faith. So taking a step of faith, it doesn't require you to be a spiritual giant. People say to me all the time, oh, I'm just not very spiritual. I'm like, I know. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of Jesus' first followers, the disciples? They weren't either. They were impulsive, selfie, selfish, clumsy, fishermen, and they just, they just kept walking in the direction of faith. So for you, what's your next step of faith? And you might find your answer by evaluating, is there something that you're holding back from God? Is there something that you're holding back from God actually using in your life? That, that may be where he's calling you to have faith. Like, for example, are you holding back your time? If so, take the next small step of faith and serve somewhere here. I mean, we got, again, we've got lots of options. Are you holding back from uh, getting connected with other believers? If so, take the next small step of faith and join Rooted. I mean, if you, you hear about Rooted all the time if you're a Mariners. And if you've ever thought, you know, I should, maybe. That might be the Holy Spirit nudging you to take that step of faith. Or maybe you're holding back your finances. And if so, take that next step of faith and, and start giving. For many of you, it's time for you to begin being generous with your money, that you're actually enjoying the fruitfulness of other people's generosity without taking a faith step of your own. It's time to take that step. And we make it so easy for you. You could just text online to, number, to the number on the screen or tap give on the Mariners app to, to get started in this whole generosity journey. Now, again, if you want to be distinguished by change, you've got to take steps that display faith 
even if they're small steps. And finally, a God within life is defined by love. And we talk about being changed from the inside out and faith in action. What we're really doing is is looking at a blueprint for what it means to be defined by love. Uh, Think of it like as a a Jesus-style love. And Jesus-style love is not about being nice when it's convenient. It's actually about loving people when they're not lovable. Maybe you could write in the chat if you have somebody in your life who's tough to love, okay? (laughs) You probably do. They're everywhere, right? But when you're defined by love, people who are defined by love, it's just obvious. They, they, you, you view people different. You, uh, you meet them with grace. You respond differently. When, when people cut you off in traffic, it, 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 it moves you from being a one-finger response to a five-finger response. That, that's where you just wave. Maybe even the three-finger response, right? That means I love you in sign language. And that try that. It freaks people out. When somebody cuts you off, you just, I love you. <laughs> So when you're defined by love, eh, it just means that you're different. You're, you're more patient with your family, even when they're driving you nuts. When you're defined by love, you, um, you reach out to that lonely neighbor. When you're defined by love, you extend mercy to that coworker who's always right. When you're defined by love, you, you invite people to a Christmas service. Now, why invite people to a Christmas service? Because it's a practical act of love that I am 100% convinced that everyone feels honored when they're invited to something. And they may not say yes, but their response isn't your responsibility. Here's what love does. Love invites. And we have this stunning place called Mariner's Church with world-class singing and music and decorations and preaching, world-class people of faith that are here. And there's something happening here. So extend an invitation, maybe offer to babysit if they're afraid of childcare and whatever, whatever looks the most like love, I want you to walk in that direction because a life defined by love genuinely, just genuinely wants the best for other people, even when it costs you something. This, this is Cohen. He just turned 10, fourth grade and I've had the privilege to be his poppy since the day he was born, and, and I love him deeply. On Thanksgiving Day, I asked him to give me one word. Yeah, we were talking about a bunch of different one-word answers. I said, hey, give me one word to describe your poppy. And he paused, and you could see him process. And then so adorably, he said, poppy loves his people. Isn't that great? I know, and then I had to explain to him that it was four words, not one. Super cute, not the sharpest kid. That Poppy loves his people, and it's good. It made me feel great. But the more I began to think about it, I thought, you know, Doug, it's, it's actually easy for me to love my people. But what I ultimately want to be defined by is loving those who aren't my people. And honestly, I'm, I'm not as good at that. But it's trending in that direction, and it's only going to be possible because of the Spirit of God within me. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that? I mean, even sinners love those who love them. But I know that with God indwelling within me, that I am capable because that love is being poured out. And I've still got a ways to go. I'm I'm still like you in the process of sanctification. And and I see where I fall short on a daily basis because I'm married to Jesus Jr., basically. Kathy uh, is someone who's just defined by love. And I want that for me 
And I want that for you. That, friends, you can be defined by love. You can be distinguished by change and you can display faith because God has been before us. God is for us and God is within us. This Christmas, as we celebrate Jesus coming into the world, let's also celebrate him coming into our lives and making his home in our hearts. And let's make sure that that celebration leaks. It just leaks into our actions, which will reveal this amazing love that our world is spiritually starving for. And right now, we're gonna celebrate this amazing love by remembering what Jesus did for us. And we'll remember this by celebrating the Lord's Supper. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he said to his disciples that the meal that they were about to eat was gonna represent Jesus' body given for them and his blood poured out for them. And so he took the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of my new covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Gracious God, we not only remember the ultimate sacrifice, but we remember and we celebrate your presence on Christmas day and your presence within our lives. We are grateful for your love, that your love is amazing, that it's what we're starving for, that your love fills every area of our life and that you are changing us to be more like you. We are so grateful for that gift this Christmas. And we pray in your name, Jesus, amen. All right. Extend your hands, please, and let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you are gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.